Hello, and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John, and I would like to thank you for taking time to click on play. And I hope that you've been blessed by listening to this. I hope that this podcast has encouraged you to want to read the God, read the word more for yourself so that you can verify on what you hear here is in the word. Now we are continuing on our series within a series. You know, for a while we've been going through the book of Exodus and we have been seeing on where Jesus is in the book of Exodus like with the burning bush and for this week is the series within a series. We are looking at the Passover in Exodus. This past Monday, we began with redemption. And Tuesday, we looked at the bread of life. Wednesday, we looked at bought with blood. And last night, we looked at false doctrine. And today, we are looking at chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. And that's about obeying God's word. And to do that, let's jump in right into Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. And with that, I am using the New King James Version. And throughout this podcast, you may see me utilizing other translations such as ESV. For the opening, I am going to use New King James Version. And again, I am at Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 through 23. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that's in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the story to come into your houses to strike you. Moses gave the Israelites instructions on how to keep themselves safe during the Passover. If they disobeyed God by not putting the blood on their two doorposts and a lintel, then it would be fair to say that the Lord would have struck them dead along with the Egyptians. Obedience to God during that time was important. Now you hear me say that God is the same. He does not change at all. The God that we read in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. And God in the New Testament is the same God today. Which means that like the Israelites, He expects obedience from us. 
And that's why I want to take a look at through the word and show why we must obey God's word. And to do that, you know, I want you to open up to Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. And we'll begin to look at obedience. Now, God's judgment is based upon who obeyed and who did not obey. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, is basically about the goats that were on the left of Jesus on Judgment Day. And they were the ones that did not obey. And these are the goats. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now the sheep on the right were the ones that obeyed by following Jesus. In John chapter 15 verse 10 he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You know, I talked about the goats on the left. And this is what Jesus said to the goats on the left. Depart from me, you cursed. Internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you. Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The goats will experience the lake of fire because they did not do his works that he commanded them to do. They did not bear fruit. When John the Baptist was evangelizing and baptizing in the Jordan, he said this, Even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree thereof that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. And Jesus testifies to what he says in John chapter 15 verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch 
and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Of course, Jesus talks about people that believe in him and then turn away from him. When they do that, that means that they are no longer bearing fruit. Therefore, they will be burned in fire. Now, Christ explains how we are to bear fruit. And to see that, we'll go in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. We will look at the five verses before verse 6. And Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean, because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, let's look back and see what Jesus says so we know how we are to bear fruit. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. What Jesus is saying, only by Him can we bear fruit. And how do we abide in him and he abides in us? Well, we have to be born again. John chapter 3 verse 3, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, how are we to be born again? Well, verses 5 through 6 of John chapter 3. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So, we are born again by being born of water and of the Spirit. The Spirit gives birth to Spirit as body gives birth to body. So, how are we to be born of the Spirit? In other words, how are we to be born again? In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So there are two things that we are to do in order to be born again. One is repent. And we see that when Paul says, confess your sins to Jesus. Now, he did not use the word sin, but if you look at the Bible, it's this whole entirety that, you know, when we confess with our mouth, well, what are we confessing? You know, that before Jesus started doing miracles and talking about the kingdom of God, his first gospel message was repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Our sins is what keeps us away from God. Therefore, unless we confess our sin to Jesus, we cannot be born again. So the first thing we must do is repent. We must confess with our mouths. The second thing to be born again is to believe in Jesus, which is what says believe with our heart. Believe in our heart that Jesus is who he says he is. So those are two things that we are to do to be born again. Now remember, early on, I read and said that if we abide in Jesus and he abides in us, then we will keep his commandments. And so when we are born again, we chose to follow Jesus. Now, to be born of the Spirit, to receive the Spirit, to be alive, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he, Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and Fire. Now the Holy Spirit did not come upon the apostles until the day of Pentecost because Jesus was with them. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And so therefore the apostles did not need the Holy Spirit until Jesus returned to the Father. He told them this in the upper room. Now when we are born of the Spirit... The Spirit regenerates our spirit. Therefore, to be born of the Spirit is to receive the Spirit so the Spirit can give birth to our spirit. You know, there were certain apostles that only received the baptism of John the Baptist. And we see that in Acts chapter 19 verses 2 through 4. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No. Remember that, because later on we're going to see why we have to have the Holy Spirit. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance. 
telling the people to believe in the one who is to come after him. That is Jesus. When we believe in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit so that it can give birth to our spirit. Those that do not have the spirit, they will die. Those that have the spirit have eternal life. So, those that have the spirit. In Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 12 says, Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So those who do not have the Spirit will die. Those that have the Spirit will live because within the Spirit is eternal life that we receive by the Son. Now, we are born of the Spirit, and that makes us children of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. As children of God, our names are in the book of life. That means we have eternal life. We are the sheep on the right. Those that have the Spirit will bear fruit through its Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Those that walk by the Spirit will bear fruit. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 25 it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 22-23 it says, There is no law against those who practice the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So when we practice these things, there's no law against it. And we practice these things with our spirit. Now, the Spirit will lead us to obedience. It leads us with a new heart. And Ezekiel prophesied that. In Ezekiel chapters 36, verses 26 and 27, it says, And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And Paul testifies to that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. And you, meaning us, show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. 
not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Now, in the Old Testament, they had to have the law physically written so they would not forget it. Well, Jesus gave us the Spirit to remind us His words. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, the Holy Spirit will remind us and it will lead us. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. When we are saved, it is our spirit that is renewed. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak. He will not speak on his own authority. Sorry. When we are saved, let me start back to where also, when we are saved, when we are saved, it is our spirit that is renewed. John chapter 16 verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. Now, it's our body and mind. That has not changed when we get saved. When we get into heaven, we'll have new bodies. Our spirit does not need renewal, but our mind. You know, when we get saved, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we have the inner man. Our spirit is born again. But our body and mine are still the same. So that's why daily we need to read the Word of God. And there are two reasons why from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect so first thing why we need to renew with the word of God is that the word renewals are mine for discernment in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we see that. We need to renew in the word of God because we need discernment. Next thing is that renewing our minds with the word of God reveals God's will. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16-17, through 17, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Also, the word of God allows us to test the spirits. And the only way we could test the spirits is when we renew the word of God with our minds daily. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see where they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Last podcast was about false doctrine. And we need to renew our mind daily so that we can have discernment. That will allow us to see whatever is being taught is of God or not. Now, anyone that does not confess Jesus is Lord has a few things has a lot of things against them. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he also said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 24, Matthew chapter 24, verses 24 and 20, through 26. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand, so if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. There have been a lot of people who have been led astray because they have not taken the time to renew their mind And so they don't have any discernment at all. And so they are led astray. Only those that have the Spirit can testify that Jesus is Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is a curse. And no one could say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Those that do not confess Jesus is Lord do not have the Spirit. They are not born again. Those that will teach false authority do not have the Spirit. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 says, They will deny Jesus. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Also, these false teachers will be teaching myths. These myths will be scratching the ears of many, and they will lead them astray. And Paul tells Timothy that in his second letter. Now, when they continue to go down the path of false doctrine, they will end up having their conscience seared. 
And Paul warns Timothy about that in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. They seal a conscience of believers. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, someone will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons, through the insincerity of liars, whose conscience are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Therefore, we must live on the word of God. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on day and night, that you may observe it to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, after Timothy, I mean, after Paul warned Timothy about false teaching, this is what he said to them in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. So when Paul is telling Timothy to be watchful, in other words, he's telling him to be, be alert. How are we to be alert? Well, we are to be alert in prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says, Always in prayer, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer. Always in prayer, and everything in prayer. Everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So we are watchful with prayer. After Paul tells Timothy to be watchful of all things, he tells him to be endure, to endure afflictions. You know, trials will grow our faith. James tells the brethren that knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and that we should let patience have its perfect work so that we will be complete and lack nothing. Afflictions comes so that it can complete us. And Paul says that we are to move forward. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, he says that I have already attained and already perfected. By press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold for me. So we are to endure Afflictions, and we are to move forward. Now, what is Paul talking about when he says that there's something that Christ has for him? Well, at the end is a crown that is eternal. And Paul talks about in First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-five. He says, "And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things." Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. 
And Paul says in Second Timothy chapter four, verses seven through eight, "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who love His appearings." And James chapter one, verse twelve says, "Blessed is a man who endures temptation." For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And going back to Second Timothy chapter four, verse five, after Paul tells them to be watchful and to endure all afflictions, then he tells them to do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry, do the work of the evangelist. That is to bear fruit by him. Obedience in him is what moves us. If we declare we are Christians, then we obey him. In John chapter 15 verse 10 he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, God is the same. As the God in Exodus. Moses gave the Israelites instructions to follow. When Jesus was in the upper room, he says that if you abide in me and I in you, then you will keep my commandments. If you love Jesus, then you will keep his commandments. And the way to do that is not by our flesh, but through the Spirit. Now, our spirit is not going to grow itself. That's up to us. You know, our body, soul, and spirit is what makes us. We do everything through our body. You know, our thoughts and emotions is where is where, lies in our soul. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives birth to our spirit. So, our spirit is renewed when we get saved. And our body and soul are the same. Now, it's within our soul that we decide whether we're going to walk in the body or we're going to walk in the spirit. It's in our soul that where we decide that we're going to live in the world or are we going to live in the spirit and that's why we have to renew our mind daily we have to feed our mind the word of God and it's the spirit of truth that's going to remind us through our spirit therefore we live by our spirit. We live by our spirit and we grow our spirit with the word and prayer. Therefore, we obey Christ through our spirit. We are led by the spirit through our spirit. However, the spirit is not going to force our soul to follow him. He wants us to willfully follow 
our spirit. And that's how he leads us. We obey Christ in the spirit. Well, we are at the end. And I do like to thank you for taking the time and clicking play. And I hope that this podcast has blessed you by encouraging you to want to read the word more for yourself. And I hope that you'll continue to listen. And I do thank you for the time. And I look forward to doing this again soon. May God bless you and may you have a great weekend.